The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's a Red Table Talk event with a very special reunion. After 35 years, the stars of a different world are coming together right here at the Red Table. This is such a special show. It was a groundbreaking series that inspired generations and launched countless careers, including mine. Hillman Homecoming kicks off in five, four, three, two, one. another country. This is like Wakanda. Yes. In 1987, a different world burst onto NBC's must-see TV lineup. The ratings were huge with tens of millions tuning in each week. It was a spin-off of The Cosby Show following Denise Huxtable's life at Hillman College, a fictional version of a historically black college. The brilliant Jasmine guy played Whitley Gilbert, the opinionated Southern Belle who was bad and bougie before there was bad and bougie. And the next time you call me a pampered bougie princess, Julian, be prepared to throw down, homie. Kadeem Hardison was Dwayne Wayne with those trademark flip-up glasses who made it cool to be smart. I quit. I quit. I'm through with it. The legendary Debbie Allen was the creative genius behind the show. She's won five Emmys, a Golden Globe, and has given wings to many careers, including mine. A Different World was laugh-out-loud funny, <laughs> took on tough topics, and welcomed iconic guest stars like Halle Berry, Whoopi Goldberg, Diane Carroll, Patti LaBelle, Lena Horne, Tupac, and more. We got Miss Debbie here. We're gonna start with you first. I want you to I want you to tell us what it was like the first time you met Debbie. Oh, well, the first time I met Debbie, I mean, like most of us, I watched Debbie on Fame. She was like the prototype. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to sing, dance, choreograph, direct, right? All of it, honey. I wanted to do it all. The triple, quadruple threat. So when I first got to meet Debbie, it was crazy because I came to audition for a guest star, mm -hmm. yeah. just a mm -hmm. guest role. Mm -hmm. The AIDS episode, she walked in, wait, let me just say this. <laughs> she walked in, she already had all that. And I said, wow, you are, you are wonderful. So where are you from? I'm the next Debbie Allen. I'm like, <laughs> She said it. Yeah, she said it. And I loved it from that minute. I said, hire her now. <laughs> 
So mm -hmm. I said, let's make a series regular. She sure and did. And it happened. It was but a... I mean, what what a dream come true to be seen by somebody you had idolized. Yes. And she sees me right away. Right so away. much so, she was like, we're going to put you on this show. <laughs> we'll get you back. Yeah, so. She yeah. recognized. She did, but I think she did for both of us, She Jess. did for me, too. Yeah, so yes. Jess, tell your story. Yeah, I tracked uh, Debbie down. I was at the Ailey School. I'm glad I didn't know any better. I was very naive <laughs> just to think I could go see her. Right. It was an eight-hour dance audition. Whoa, yeah. Fame was like that. Yeah. yeah. And let me tell you, I never danced so good. Yes. I looked up, I said, is that my foot? <laughs> All I knew was I got to get this part. You know, right. I wanted to be on that show and work with you so bad. Mm -hmm. So I became the ninth dancer. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. But Debbie, you you have started so many careers. And yeah, really all my career, whenever people told me, no, oh, you're a dancer, you can't be an actress. Or oh, you're a comedian, you can't do drama. Oh, yeah, I was like, Debbie did. Whatever you say I can't do, right. she already done it. Th that part. And yeah. that's the thing, Debbie just, she could see us. We were all her yes. children. Mm -hmm. yes. This one was my child from way, way back, back. Yeah. when he was a little boy. I went to, my mom <laughs> took me to the theater. Okay. Um, and afterwards, she knew Debbie, so we went back to Debbie's house for like a little after party. I must have been like nine. Nine, maybe nine, nine, right? Because I remember you 10. jumping on my waterbed. That bed. was it. Kadeem went on to become an actor. He and Debbie didn't see each other for many years. And then we were already on a different You world. were already there. I came yeah, to the second year. Yeah, and she year. came the second year and didn't remember me. No, what happened was you were grown. No, you were grown and <laughs> yeah, tall. Right. I haven't seen you in years. I said, hi. He said, it's me, Debbie. <laughs> me. It's me, Kadeem. Yeah. Bethy, I said, oh my God, you're my Kadeem. Yes. I didn't know till, yeah. I, just till we had that moment. Yeah. But then that was so good. We were all so young. Yeah. 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 We were young. You we was looked like a out. baby. You yeah. were so grown. <laughs> yeah. I remember she had her birthday on the set. And she was like 18. I said, yeah. how old are you? Like, why am I hanging out with an 18-year-old? <laughs> I had no idea she was that young. Yes, I was a baby. Yes. I was a you baby. were so grown. You look like a baby. When on I the look show. at it, I see Willow. Yes, uh, of course you do. Yeah, just all rebellious and just young and grown. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was great. Think about the stories we did. A Different World's groundbreaking episodes were ahead of its time, taking on controversial topics that are still relevant today, like domestic violence. Go. Who are you starting with? Sex. How did you know it was time to be with that someone? Teen pregnancy, AIDS, consent, and race. You know, it doesn't matter how many degrees I get. All you people see is color. I was thinking about Mammy Dearest because you mm -hmm. were the one that yeah. told Whitley that her family had owned slaves. slaves. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite episodes. And then everybody was really having a meltdown off camera, for real. Imagine coming from an African-American family that owned over 100 slaves. There must be some mistake. No. This doesn't look like a mistake. That's a reproduction of a bill of sale. Your great-great-granddaddy had just bought 10 new slaves. Now, he was a free man of color, but he was also a black master. But, Lena, I didn't know that black people owned other black people. Only a few did. Now we know why you're so bossy. It's DNA. <laughs> Them no good ancestors. I still get a chill from this. Look at your little face. It was really hard. It was, very upsetting, it was hard, and then episode. when we yeah. embraced it, right, and then we changed that around because you were dancing. You yeah. made me dance. I did. <laughs> that <laughs> African dance. You did. I love African dance. dance. She's like, child, you gonna dance. You went back to the motherland. She said, you gonna dance and you gonna be all right. And then she put me in that little outfit. I was like, Debbie, that body, come on, stop it, stop it. Let them see everything. That's how you were. You were like, you gonna be fine now. Come on now, stop it with all that. Now come on, one, two, three, let's go. I remember when you came, I was a little jealous because you brought that that energy that edge. I was like, damn, she get to be hard. 
<laughs> that attitude, and she was oh, like, no. F the police. Oh, that was the beauty I of it, though. It. Oh, I love that. The, everybody, everybody was had a, coming yeah. from a different place, yeah. and it gave such a real view of yeah. who we are as a people. Absolutely. That we don't all think alike. Right. We don't look alike, don't think alike. Yeah. But at some point, we come together because at some point, we have to come together. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you, Debbie, because it seems like when you came on the show, the flavor of the show changed. Definitely. Mm. I mean, that's why they brought me, actually. I had come from fame, and then I got this call from Carson Werner and Bill Cosby. We need you to come over here and look at a different world. Because I had gone to Howard, and I don't know if anybody else had really gone to an HBCU. So I brought that experience and that reality. So we just had to put hot sauce on the table. Mm -hmm. We had to make it real because the black university college voice is strong. Yeah. yeah. I gave my two-week notice during the first season. Oh, before I got I there? said, yeah, I oh, want to thank ready you to for go? this. Oh, yeah, it was booty. I was like, Ooh. I don't want to be in this anymore. And, and I didn't like the way they were treating the cast. Yes. And so I went in there and I said, oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I've, <laughs> I've learned so much. And they were probably like, okay, well, did something happen to you? I said, well, you know, I feel like uh, Lisa Bonet is disrespected in front of the audience. Mm -hmm. Well, has it ever happened to you? I said, if it happens to her, it happens to me. Right. You're disrespecting the cast. Right. You're disrespecting Sinbad. It doesn't have to happen to me. Right. I felt like it was happening to me. Right. I thought we could leave. Right. You didn't read the fine print that said six years. Seven years. <laughs> seven years. We have you for seven years. This was a time where there was this separation between the writers and the actors. Mm -hmm. If they said, ooh, instead of ah, uh, they had to stop the cameras and do it again. I worked really hard to break down that barrier between the writers and day the one. actors. Yeah. Day one. So you gave the cast a voice, Debbie. I gave them a voice. Right. And, and you felt like you didn't have a voice before. No, yeah. Yeah. we just get your blinds, do the best, and hope they don't make you and do it too were, many times. And we were filming till one in, yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Child, please. I was like, why are we doing this again? I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. Right. Like, why are we just doing yeah. things over and over until the... If it was funny at any point, yeah. it was gone. Well, I tell you what, by the time I got there, it was already a groove happening because mm -hmm. we go to Debbie and go, this is not working. No, Debbie, can we do this? Like, I felt like I had a voice. So going anyplace else yeah, and right. not having a voice is like, well, 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 well wait a minute, I did. <laughs> I learned the hard way on other sets. I was yeah. like, oh, actors don't like to get notes from the other actors because Kadeem and I talked about everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't working. This ain't funny, blah, blah, blah. But... When I did that with other actors, there was a brace, and I said, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed Post to two. do that. Right. Listen, I have to say that I remember the first time watching A Different World and looking at you and saying, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I remember the day that she was going to premiere on the show. Uh -huh. I can remember sitting in the living room with, with my family. Uh-oh. We got a fly girl reject. <laughs> Excuse me. Name? Lena James. Class of 1995. I really like the way that sounds. I was so excited. Oh. I was so excited for her. Yeah. I'll just never forget. I mean, just the whole thing, Debbie. Yeah, it just, the whole thing. It was just amazing right. because when... Yeah. She auditioned, and she said she's going to write a part for me. I was like, what? Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we owe everything to you, Daddy. You don't owe me because she walked in ready. That's what it is. That's yeah. the thing that young people need to understand. They need yeah. to train. The young people today, they're watching TikTok that lasts 10 seconds. They do this. Do they have craft? I remember hiring somebody that was a, a dancer who was on the competition circuit. Right. That child could not dance past one minute. Mm -hmm. He needed a respirator, child. He was not in shape. Right. He was just used to doing his yeah. best Quick. 30 Quick. seconds. Right. And that was it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, Debbie, that's such an important point for Instagram talent, TikTok talent. There's a lot of talent out there, but you're right. It's got to it's gotta go further than that minute. And can yeah. you do a 10, 12-hour day? Yeah. Can you do eight shows a week? Woo! Right. right. Break it down, Jazz. Yes, you introduce yourselves to us, but now what? Now what? Yeah. Now what? Jazz, what would you say your favorite moment was? There were many moving moments yeah. because there was a lot of um, real feelings in, yeah. in our episodes. And I was 
Happy that we could be funny, of course, but I love the more meaningful shows and real issues. And even though my character was a lot younger than me, I was like parallel, like when I got married. There was things happening in my personal life. Right, I right. was breaking up with Dominic yeah, that week. Yeah. So there were always like these kind of juxtaposing mm. situations. But we were all professional and didn't let things affect the work. But we were going through things. Sting. You yeah. know what I mean? There were real life was happening. We were kind of growing up together too yeah, because yeah. none of us were from LA and didn't have like roots, like I felt like that was my family, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I can relate to that too, Jasmine, because even me sending Jada to come out to California, I was back in Baltimore just getting myself together, mm. right, in my recovery mm. process. I was very early on, but I felt safe knowing that Debbie was there. We talked to you a lot about stuff, Debbie. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I felt like you you had Jada's back. Mm -hmm. And that was important for me. Very important. It was important for me. I know she had her hands full with just me alone. Like. Right. Well, you had a very adventurous young life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was out there just the wilding best, the hell the best, out. The best. But you were always so patient. Yeah. You were never judgmental. You were never like, look, you need to get your together, but she would just be like, now look, you know, you got a Maybe nice future, you do. got opportunity. <laughs> let's just, let's try to stay focused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents she's got all of these maseratis and bentley's all in the driveway is it like a mansion yes it's a mansion that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What about you, Kadeem? Did you have a special episode or a particular episode that really stuck out? I always like all the deep stuff, yeah. 
like we did the the racism episode mm -hmm. where he, he, he sprayed the n-word on yeah, Shorty's car. On the car. Are you stupid? And I had to deal with that dude. This actor you hired, <laughs> this dude was so strong. <laughs> and he grabbed me. Oh my god. And pushed me against the wall. If you see what? it, you can see the set shake. <laughs> I only weighed like 117 pounds right, back then. Right. Yes, and you were so skinny. <laughs> and Duke yes. pushed me through a mile away across the room. I went flying. Who you think you are, huh? Punk brother, come around here acting like you all that. I'm taking care of my boy. See what I'm saying? My father wasn't even around for me. Chairs off me, man. Well, who you barking at, fool? But that was one of my favorite moments, just right. because, you know, I always thought I was going to be an action hero. Right, right, right. Do all kind of stuff. I wanted to be the romance dude and the action dude and the, <laughs> and the horror films. And Debbie in this show gave me a chance to do a little bit of everything. We had so much fun. Do you remember when we had those brownies? brownies? You didn't make your flight. <laughs> I didn't make my flight, but I was try I was done. I was trying to drive, and you guys were like, mm -hmm. I, ja some, yeah, you, you took my keys. Yep. Yep. Jasmine's yep. like, now look, you know yep. you can't drive. Yep. Stop. And I was what? like, I can't. I gotta go. And I had to stay. We put you in the bed. You passed out in the bed. Lord have mercy. Oh my God. I was tore down. Yeah, yeah. I had never had yeah. brownies a before. Thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Oh my I was trying God. to drive. Jasmine's Please, like, you on, need to just go, go lay down somewhere. Absolutely. I woke up in Debbie's bed like that. Oh man. Oh, I remember one night with you, Debbie. Which one? Oh God. I oh, threw up all Lord. over her house. Oh, it's okay. God. It's all right. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was young. All I remember Girl. is just throwing up everywhere. And Debbie's like, it's okay. You're going to stay right. here. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You know, you raised, you raised a lot of us, Debbie. Yes, she raised a lot of us. Well, we got some of our other alumni that I would love for you to see. Well, hello there. Yay! Oh, boy, I have so many favorite memories. I know that they probably involved Jasmine because we were always up to no good. We called ourselves hot and bothered. But I think one of my favorite moments would probably be the No Means No episode. Yes. When uh, Kadeem has rescued me, the two of us are in the dorm, and we just sit down together for a moment, and I thank him for being my friend. Even thinking about it makes me want to tear up because it was a very real moment between us. I'll never forget that. That really moved me. I got a memory of Jazzy. I call her Princess Peach. Fuzz. My Jasmine, one day we were doing a scene and I had to look for something in the drawer. And in between takes, she said, girl, what are you looking for? And I said, uh, I don't know. And she said, it shows. <laughs> and it was such a light bulb moment. As 18 years old, she really helped me to be a better actress. <laughs> My favorite scene. Ooh, child, I love when we got to do the step show. I love that Freddie was so raggedy in the beginning, and I love that I got to pull it together in the end. What does this show mean to me? So much. It's a defining moment in my life, in my career. It brought me Kadeem, my first true love. I am from Saskatchewan, Canada. We don't have any HBCUs in Canada. <laughs> and I got to experience a side of black life I probably never would have. And I got to work with Debbie Allen, <laughs> who changed me profoundly, taught me so much. And I made forever friends. I'm keeping all of y'all. You're mine. And how much do I love all of you? This goddamn much. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. So, we got some more special folks joining yeah. the table. Oh, good. She played Jalisa, a wise older student who was the mother of the group, Don Lewis. And he played funny musician Ron Johnson and was the Wayne's Ride or Die best friend. We got DB Daryl Bell in the house. Come on out here, guys. Hey, 
I've been listening to y'all tell all the good stories. I, I know you have some good stories to tell. We'll start with you, Daryl. Like, what were some of your favorite moments on the show? Well, one, everybody talks about the wedding episode, right? Mm -hmm. But my favorite scene from The Wedding Zone is actually with you. Because it's from the bachelor party when Ron oh, made the slamming yeah. pina coladas. Listen up, guys. Lady in the house. I hate to interrupt. Uh huh. But did anybody see any milk in the refrigerator? Oh, oh yeah, I use that to make these slamming pina coladas. <laughs> that was breast milk, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> With breast milk. Yeah. Wow. That's one of my favorite moments. The jail episode yeah. was, oh, without yeah. a doubt, you know, one of my favorite episodes, particularly told Rashomon style from everybody's point mm -hmm. of view. I remember it was hard for Kadeem and I because it was Dean Kane's first job, mm -hmm. and we had to really get in each other's face about a lot of different things. They have no respect. They don't care about this country at all. All they do is sit on their butt and complain. And what do they have to complain about? It's because of them and their quotas that I'm not in the Ivy League, where I belong. You all had quotas for centuries. You called them legacies, restricted country clubs, the law. Oh, hey, my grandfather came to this country with nothing. He couldn't even speak the language. But he worked hard, and he made a place for himself and his family. Now, why can't you people do the same? Hey, my grandfather built this country, man. Now, oh. the writing on that show yes. was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it was without a filter. Yes. yes. Yeah. That still holds up. Yeah. But half the stuff we did, as much as they let us push the envelope, they still kept a rein on everything. Like the AIDS episode, we couldn't show the condom. Couldn't show the we condom. We had to refer to it in the purse. In a purse. Yes. yes. There were so many things that we could mm -hmm. just get so far yeah. right. mm -hmm. in, in expressing what it was we wanted to express without them trying to put all kind of con constraints. Well, yeah. I remember also when we addressed the presidential Campaign, we we satirized yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Jill Blinton, all yeah. of that. Oh, right, mm -hmm. right, right, right. Well, you right. thought I put Jesus back on the cross. May I present our candidates, President Georgia Bush, Governor Jill Blinton, and Rose Cadell. Now wait a minute. Now what is Rose Cadell doing here? I'm on the ballot. It's howdy duty time. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Jennifer Lewis. Lewis. The incomparable Jennifer Lewis. I was always going into the principal's office, yes, taking y'all's bullets. Yeah. And, and, and like, <laughs> so Murphy Brown gets to be on the cover of Time magazine hmm. for being saying what she says about politics or abortion or whatever, but we can't even do this. Right. I said, guys. Have you ever watched Saturday Night Live? Have you ever watched In Living Color? We're a, a show that bridges that world. Right. And that's a good thing for y'all. Stop it already. Yeah, you are always in the principal's office, Debbie. <laughs> always in the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> and here's our math professor and favorite colonel. Yes. GT. Hey, guys. Hey, Glenn. We haven't seen each other in a while, though I've seen you, Dawn. Because, you know, uh, ever since Dawn and I were married on the show, I have not been able to get rid of her. My <laughs> wife, Joanne, will attest to that. Dawn was at our wedding. <laughs> and um, she ended up singing It Should Have Been Me. Now, <laughs> so uh, I still want to get uh, Daryl Bell back out on the golf course. I owe him a butt whipping out there. Debbie Allen, you were so instrumental in changing the outlook of the show itself. The final wedding scene where Dwayne Wayne uh, breaks in. I think that was one of the most romantic scenes we've ever seen on television. Jasmine Whitley oh, was just never more beautiful. That was probably one of my favorite scenes because it, it was talking about what the show was trying, was saying all along, don't give up on love. Love always wins. Hey, you guys. Hope to see you soon. And um, God bless. Okay. So, 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 let me tell you something. I remember during the wedding episode, and Diane Carroll came over and said, y'all don't realize what you are. Right, right. You're 20-something years old. You're starring on a hit television series. And when I was your age, black people weren't even allowed on this lot. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean actors. I mean, you couldn't have a black janitor here at CBS Rap. Mm. Right. And now here you are, 20 years old, starring on the show, and this is my first time. Diane, Julia, Carroll <laughs> said my first time working on a show starring black women, written by black women, directed by a black woman, right. and produced by a black woman. Yeah. 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 Magnificent moment. You just have that veteran seasoned insight. Yeah. You know? We have some faces that were prominent. Hi, I'm Patty LaBelle, and I have such great memories of a different world. I mean, when Diane Carroll got Rest Her Soul and I did the turkey thing, that was priceless because she was so grand and I was so ghetto. This is a Virginia farm fed turkey. Oh, that's why it's got that little scrawny chest. Oh, dude, this is a double D cup, honey. And my making prune cobbler for chipmunk. It was really blueberries, not prunes, because if it was prunes, it would have been all over. But that was a fun moment with oh, my yeah. son, Chipmunk. Mom! And I learned a lot from Debbie. You know, doing a different world for the things that I'm doing now, a lot of it is because of Debbie Allen being so great at what she does. It was a great, great show. Oh. Oh. Yay. And you, you co-wrote the theme song. I yes, did. did. I was originally singing it. They didn't know they had hired the same person right. to write the theme song that they had hired to be in the show. So, <laughs> so I was no longer allowed to sing it. Why weren't you allowed to sing it? Because you were on the show. Because, because I wasn't the star. It was Lisa's show, and they thought it would be too much attention oh. on, on me. And so they brought in Phoebe Snow. Mm -hmm. So the first Phoebe voice that everyone heard yeah. was Phoebe's Phoebe. version. Mm -hmm. Then they thought, let's redo this every year. We'll revamp it. So season two, they had Aretha do it. Right. Okay, here we go. Oh, that yes. was so great getting Aretha here. You know, we got a yes. bus for her, honey. Yes. She don't fly anywhere. We got right. a bus, a chicken. It was the best. <laughs> we stayed friends for life after that because I called her. Yes. Oh, did I, you? Yeah, I knew her. I said, Aretha. What, Debbie? I said, you know the show different. Oh, I like that show. I said, well, we want to redo the title. Uh-huh. I don't fly anywhere. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's in a bus. <laughs> mm. My personal favorite fun episode was when Gladys Knight came mm, on the mm, show mm. and we got to be pips. Her being on the show and us being able to sing behind her, that was like if I never do anything again, yeah. to be able to share a stage with her and the choreographer. Love her, love her, love her. That was yeah, good. That was I, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Wow. What well, was we, your favorite episode? Mm. What was my favorite yes. episode? Maybe it was the one that Kadeem directed, the one huh? with Pac. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I'll be down to scoop you up later in life. You ain't all shriveled up. <laughs> you could be like Ozzy Davis and Ruby D. You know, you always got a place in my heart. Well, I didn't realize you directed that. Yeah, yes. Kazim directed yeah. that. Wow. He got yes. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah. So that was so easy to direct. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was great. But that was the beauty of it. That you all got to do these things. You got to yes. direct, to write, because that's where yes. the, the way it goes. You. you. No, but you all had it in you. I can't just do it if you don't have the. Craft you, you said, and the sensibility. You said you better get it in your contract. Right. So, Debbie, you had Kadeem put it in his contract to mm -hmm. have a certain amount of... Directing, directing. and writing. Wow. And then Jasmine wrote. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so important to hear you guys talk about this stuff because I think the audience sometimes, they just see the actors in front of the camera and they don't understand the importance yes. of producing and writing and, and directing. directing. Yes. yes. Behind the scene is where a lot of yeah. the power is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of creative brilliance. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. we have three more special Hillman alumni. Charnell Brown played pre-med major Kim, the girl everyone went to for advice. And one of my roommates at Hillman, A.J. Sanders, oh, who's Gina, oh, the sorority girl oh, who brought the funny. And we also have Miss Karen Molina. Oh, yes. 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 We play Charmaine, the fast-talking, yes. always fast -talking. studying, and sometimes annoying girl on the campus. Yes. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hi. Charnel, where are you? I am in Houston, Texas. My hometown. Debbie, baby. <laughs> I, oof, I have an acting school here. And I find myself saying things that you said to us mm. and morphing into you, which I, <laughs> I don't know if you don't know, but I was watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for that because my actors right now, 80% of them are working because That's of you. Awesome. Congrats, Charlie. That's okay. awesome. Yes. Here, I'm going to come visit you, mama. I must say, like, I'm sitting here listening to you guys and it brings me back to the feeling that I felt when I first came onto the show. I was so intimidated, but I was also starstruck by every single last one of y'all. Yeah, for sure. And I was homeless before I got the job. The, mm -hmm. And I was supposed to only be there for like one episode. And I remember thinking, if I don't get this, then I'm just going to go back home and rethinking this whole thing. Yeah. And the first person that I met was Jasmine. And she walked up to me and said, hi, my name is Jasmine and welcome to the show. And I'll never forget what that felt like. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I just want to thank y'all for uh, giving me a life and a career. <laughs> yeah. And Debbie you know Allen, what? I mean, there are no words. That I didn't even think about that yet because it's a superstar struck. You know what I mean? Because we had been watching you guys. You know, and I had never worked in TV before. Like, I didn't even know what a mark was. 
I just followed, I just did what y'all did. You did better than me because uh, Debbie was <laughs> on the loudspeaker and I was all over the place. She was like, Miss Thing, I'm gonna send you behind back to Broadway. I was like, oh, sh <laughs> Jasmine, hi, princess. Hi, darling. Took me aside and taught me those cameras. Mm. And I wanna thank you, princess, for that because I didn't know where the hell to go. <laughs> and my favorite is the wedding. Um, scene. Uh, baby, please, baby, please. I, I, it just took me over. Baby, please, please. I do. But I just love that we were living. That's why I love that episode because we all were living. We weren't acting. We were living. Yeah, that's real. Karen. Jada. How are you doing? I'm good. I have to just echo what everybody said. I knew I was coming into a tight ship and didn't know how I was going to fit in, but y'all just welcomed me. I mean, I remember you hung out Kadeem's room. All they did was play yes. Madden, but I just hung out there. <laughs> and, you know, just everybody just welcomed me with open arms. I really feel like the three of us, you know, clicked up pretty nice. Me, you, and AJ. It was almost like it was an instant, like, posse. you know? Yeah, yeah, it was just an instant mm -hmm. posse. I love the episode when we discover Billy D. Williams in the basement. Mr. Page. Mr. Page, did anybody ever tell you you resemble Jason? I asked you a question. Uh, we had a little accident. You just moved in. It was Gina's fault. Charmaine. No reason I said that. Yes. Oh, yes. That was like a spinoff or something, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Billy D, that was my mother's icon. When I called and told her I was going to be seen with Billy D, yeah. she was like, I need to come out there. I was like, no, you need to keep your job <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm not a regular yet. That's yeah. right. It was so cool because Karen was so down for whatever. And so I was like, okay, when we get on the steps, let's just do the wave. And so she just followed, but she just, she just, she just subscribed to all my craziness. We had so much fun. Karen, can you think of a favorite moment, a favorite show? When Lena Horn. Oh, oh yes, yes, we had oh. Lena Horn. Yes. Miss yes. Horn, <laughs> I admire your style as a songstress. You see, I'm a musician, a drummer by trade, and if I can ever deck a little diddle for you, <laughs> I what just love this. What language is that to be using in front of Miss Horn? Right? <laughs> Hi, my name is Lena, and I'm so proud to be named after you. Thank you. I had met her a couple of years before she came on our show. I couldn't wait to tell Miss Horn how inspirational she was and how much she meant to me. Mm -hmm. So I walked over to her and she held my face in her hand mm. and said, you on that show, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, she says, your name is Dawn. You good at Jaleesa. And I started crying. Mm -hmm. She said, y'all are doing such a good job. Y'all keep wow. that up. I'm so proud of you. But it flips me to now who we have become yeah. to people right. who walk yeah. up to us and say, you don't know how you inspired right. me, how mm -hmm. you empowered yeah. me to get an education, to speak up for myself when I feel abused or violated or minimized. Well, speaking of that, I'm just remembering when we had that show about domestic abuse with um, AJ. Yes. Yes. Yep. How did you get that bruise on your leg? I told you I bumped into my desk. Gina, I thought you said the coffee table. Look, Lena, it was just an accident, okay? He's just nervous about the concert. Oh, so that gives him reason to hit you? I'm not asking you to understand. Just promise me, if you want to be my friend, just keep this quiet. Gina, you are in trouble. And it's my trouble. Not yours, not anybody else's, okay? You got it? I wrote you that. Wrote that was something no, that happened in the mm -hmm. in our circle. Circle, circle. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I wanted to address it mm -hmm. without calling any names right. and pointing at somebody. And out. pointing yeah. at somebody. I'm so proud of what we have accomplished together. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody needs to step up right now. There's not a time to be quiet. You know, there's a lot of feathers that get ruffled, but mm -hmm. so what? So yeah. good. You Draw a line say. in the sand. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We got one no. more Hellman alumni okay. that wants to say hi. Hi. Wish I were there with you right now. Wow. I no, cannot believe that it's been 35 years. What? Those were some of the best times I've had as a working actor. I loved 
being with you all. I loved the spirit of that show. <laughs> I just love that we were young and having parties and that we were so focused on our work and that it was about something so different from what we had been seeing on television in general. And I felt really, really lucky to be there with you all. I remember that Kadeem and I wanted to have a story where our characters got together. The kibosh was put on that, but not because of my extremely bad haircut that was given to me. <laughs> they were great times, and I still want to do another show like that. Yeah. That would be so wonderful. Love you all. Oh. Thanks for including me today. Wow. Me, Lisa, and Marissa were in New York. Right. Lisa and I were in Brooklyn. Marissa was in Lower Manhattan. And all of us came out thinking we were going to be filming in Brooklyn. Right. Because I lived in Brooklyn. It was like 10, 15 minutes from my house. And they're like, no, y'all are moving to California. All three of us were like, I don't want to go. You want to go? No, I don't want to go. But there we were. And uh, it was just wonderful. And her life and career has gone through the roof yeah. since then. She was, she's just a beautiful person. It was magical, the little group that we had. They liked us. Right. And if they had the right person behind the scene to direct that talent, it's like having the right coach. Right. We could win. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's what the way happened. it worked out. Yep. That's what happened. All right, lastly, we're going to talk about how a different world impacted generations. Here's just a few who wanted to share their journey. Hey, a different world cast. Growing up, seeing Kim and Dwayne study STEM inspired me to do the same. I ultimately earned a PhD in biomechanics, and today I'm working as a science policy analyst. A Different World was more than just entertainment, and I decided to create the podcast, Hillman Class Reunion, with the premise that A Different World is the most important sitcom ever. I just have to thank you all. Because of the show, I went to an HBCU, and I'm living my best life because of it. Seeing it on my television, I was like, you know what? That is for me. I want the full HBCU experience. So I started applying to all the HBCUs, and thank you to Bethune-Cookman University for setting me up for success. Go Wildcats. As a Californian, originally from Compton, first in family to go to college, and watching a different world on a weekly basis, I could see myself in those characters. And this comedy and this beauty of every form of Blackness was just something that was amazing. Then came Jada's character, and she was from the hood. So, like, everything that I felt like I was was represented on that show. When I think of A Different World, I think of how that show um, is the inspiration for a lot of us who have gone to HBCUs. I am a proud graduate of Xavier University of Louisiana. I am someone who was born with a, a learning disability. And if it wasn't for uh, Xavier, I wouldn't be where I am today in my career. And it just goes to show you how uh, much of an impact the show has had. And just a huge shout out to all of the actors on the show, of course. Debbie Allen, you are the GOAT. You are the GOAT for creating such an amazing masterpiece. I did my master's thesis on the show. Since then, I've gone on to receive my PhD. I am also now a professor. I really want to say thank you to the cast of A Different World and Debbie Allen for showing me the power of education. Thank you for everything you all poured into your respective roles and for the lasting impact you had on the culture. A Different World kept me rooted and well-rounded. I felt seen because of that show. Like Whitley, I had my own awakening of sorts as I got older. I found my voice. I learned to love myself and others. For me, A Different World gave me the courage that I needed to embrace my differences and embrace my identity. And A Different World was and is my blueprint. And I feel grateful to have a show that I can return to, to see myself represented in such a rich and a timeless way. I was so excited to go to Hillman, because um, I thought that was a real place. <laughs> I thought that the whole thing was just amazing and just such a great reflection of Black excellence. Thank you for your impact on television, Black culture, and just leaving your mark. I remember vividly growing up um, watching a different world and asking my parents, where can I attend a college like Hillman? So they sent me on a HBCU college tour. As a student at Morehouse, it literally changed my life tremendously. So thank you so much, a different world. Um, shout out to your 35 years and shout out to my RTT family. And of course, shout out to Morehouse College. 
That's right. Red table talk. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Thanks for having us here. I feel really like I'm in high cotton that we got invited. Well, you know, the thing about it is we were like, this is such tough times. And the nostalgia of having us all come together and just the feel good of it. It's been good for my soul today, and I think it's gonna be so nice, you know, for the holidays. Just that piece of like, that love that we brought to television for that particular era. Let's have a moment. Let's have a moment. Hold hands, let's have a moment with y'all two. Let's have a moment, a moment, a moment. Yes. And thanks to God, the powers mm. of the universe, and our ancestors for being the wind at our back mm -hmm. and the light before our footsteps. Mm -hmm. We are privileged for the work we have done, and we are challenged for the work we must continue to do. Mm. Yeah. Unify us, don't divide us. Mm. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, Mama Debbie. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.